Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Nathan. With me this evening, I have... Nicole. Sup. Justin. hey Jordan. Hey. And Emily. Hello. We are 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons Actual Play Podcast. At the end of every episode, I name a Village Idiot who has to do the recap on the following episode. Last week's village idiot was Agamir for running after a shady figure down an alley and then getting thrown off a building by uh, just just the person you don't want to get thrown off a building by Kelvin. Whoa, spoilers. So, uh, Agamir, Jordan, what happened last week? Well, I was semi-coerced into force-feeding uh, <laughs> this uh, Karen. So we find Karen in like a catatonic state in... A zoo food court. We force feed him a frosty treat that's full of good for you medicine. It's great Greater restoration. restoration. <laughs> uh-huh. His eyes return to normal. They were completely white. And Agamir, as paranoid as ever, notices a figure as soon as we had like done this, ran off into an alleyway. So I decided to chase that person, and then they scaled the building. So I whipped out my grappling hook and scaled the building. And as he got to the top, a hand reached out over, like over the edge, and grabbed him by this by the collar. It was Kelvin, this the terrible person that is just causing all of our lives to be miserable right now. <laughs> and he threw me off the building. I was fine. Basically, we told Karen that you know. It's ten years. It ten years have passed. He started freaking out. We went and found a safe place to stay, a safe house of sorts, um, run by Celia. She's a middle-aged tiefling, tiefling woman. She's she gave us lodging. Karen recapped his memories of what happened. You know the last things he could remember, and then he helped us look for the writings of Halartha in the Museum of Antiquities. And so we had a. Uh, bit of a heist. Karen might have knocked over some knocked over some statues while invisible, causing a commotion, which caused the us to be able to get the books. And we are back at the safe house, about to dive in and see what we can find out. So fun fact, Amoferic sensed another Amo. That was important too. That is important, yes. Yes. There's another Amo somewhere nearby and there can only be one <laughs> you you know there are four of them right <laughs> there can only be one <laughs> yeah so uh you open up the writings of halartha and notice they are all in old common q drew i don't know how to read that shit <laughs> i'm just kidding uh yeah drew i guess do you want me to read it page by page or should i like kind of gloss over it and summarize like what's the deal here what's the the deal what's the deal with the writings (laughs) of hortha in the beginning (laughs) thank you (laughs) let's uh let's you know let's uh, just begin right at the beginning uh welcome to our podcast on uh the uh the writings of Hawartha of Antiquity. This is uh, part one of a 418-part series. 
Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to take my headphones off. <laughs> How's my NPR voice? Grating. <laughs> That's pretty good. Kind of reminded me of the the radio guy in uh, Parks, and, Parks Rec. and Recreation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts for your thoughts on yeah. WVYS Wamapo <laughs> County Public Radio. That's it. So the writings of Halartha, um, you, Drew, are reading through them. Don't, don't, oh no, that's right. Uh, Scar, or Saf no longer has a helm, helm of comprehending languages. That's right. Sorry. Just had to remind us. Every time. God. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. No, Hagenir doesn't have that, like, 600 gold for a bow. I swear to God. <laughs> what does this book say? <laughs> okay, so the book, uh, uh, it goes really in-depth into what um, Halartha saw as the auger of the incarnate. So it, it mentions a few things. It mentions the prophecy. It doesn't say what the prophecy is. It gives some clues to where the prophecy is uh, interred, I guess. And you you realize through context clues that it's talking about the Bulwark Isles. But there is a very interesting part towards the middle where Halartha goes into talking about some legendary artifacts that are tied to the prophecy. Great. One of which catches your eye. Uh, it is referred to as the Everflame. And she talks about its supposed properties and how it could be used in its way to fulfill the prophecy. So I don't know how into the weeds you want me to get with all of that. How much do you want to read into it, Drew? Mm, probably uh, not a lot. Okay, roll me a roll me a skim. I want to skim this. <laughs> Wait, why don't we want to know about that? No, I do. I don't like. He's like, how into the weeds do you want to get into it? Like, I don't really want to like get like super. Like, I don't want to be here forever while he tells us literally everything that's written in this fucking book. I would like the highlights, please. Okay, uh, we'll give you the highlights. So the Everflame itself. Uh, she describes it in detail as um, a strange, fiercely glowing and flaming white stone, which matches up with the what you saw after the Shade Pocket. She goes on to describe a power that the Everflame can confer to someone. She called it Flame Rage. She goes into kind of the, the advantages that that Flame Rage can give you, but it, it does... Uh, peter out after a while uh it looks like it's some sort of radiant sort of magic that flows all around uh the individual when they are consumed with the flame range and it doesn't end until either the person who is under the effects of the flame range is incapacitated or all of their enemies are incapacitated so it's some sort of powerful artifact in that sense, where it imbues you with this radiant energy. The Everflame itself, pieces can be chipped off, she describes, and they migrate back to it as though it is a lodestone. And in the tests that her team did, they found that it could never truly be destroyed. And so they hid it away. 
far from civilization. And to remind you, civilization was on tour at this point. Dag, that's a lot of information. Well, want that. Did you say you want that? What what team are you on? (laughs) Maybe you want that. I want to be able to do that to my enemies. She wants to be able to do that to Calvin. Yeah, we have a problem. (laughs) The Village Idiot's Revenge Cast. (laughs) It's like, we all need to watch Scars. She's going to go down some weird roads. (laughs) It's going to get bad. So the, uh, the next artifact that she describes from her visions is something known as ancient lumber. They're fairly common, but they are still wondrous artifacts. Uh, it's an impossibly old-looking piece of wood in its natural form. Uh, it's hard as steel and just as heavy. There are, like I stated, many pieces of this ancient lumber in the world. So it's believed, she postulates that the land was once covered in the ancient trees that the wood came from, but now there's only a single grove that holds the last known living specimen. There are specific ways to train the wood of the tree before it gains its qualities of ancient lumber. So it can be trained into different shapes to either amplify or to malificate a magic item. Spell it. Maleficate? Use it in a sentence. (laughs) The magic item was maleficated through the imbuing of dark energies and ancient lumber. Mal means like bad. So this ancient lumber can be used in such a way to basically train magic items and imbue them with new properties to amplify or maleficate their properties. And that there's a whole like there's a whole section devoted to the known amplifications and malifications that ha- can be conferred through the ancient lumber. She, she goes into great detail on any of those. If you all want to know those, you can check out the uh, episode 417 of the Appendix A of the Writings of Halartha podcast. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's basically... Something that I have written for magic items. If you all actually find one of these ancient trees to imbue your magic items with stuff. So we'll, we'll worry about that when we get to it. Where are they? No one knows. Didn't you say there was a grove? Well, yeah, Halartha knew. But in her writings, there is no implicit or explicit writings on where exactly everything is. You can tell that she's trying to keep all of the same sacred and secret, but she still wants the knowledge to be there in case it needs to be used. So, that's Ancient Lumber, and then she also goes on to talk about a third legendary material called Weave-Touched Granite. It appears as normal granite, however there are veins of magic running through the stone, and the color of the veins corresponds to the type of magic running through the granite. The stone can only be found at the highest points of the world, closest to the light of the moon and stars, or so Halartha believes. And the stone can be hewn in such a way that its magical benefits can be utilized as weaponry or protection. And again, just like with the uh, ancient lumber, she goes into the all of the tests that were run by her and her team and breaks down the schools of magic, the vein colors, bonuses that can be conferred to weapons and 
armor, protection, and all that kind of stuff. After she writes about all of that, at the very end of the writings, Halartha goes into some theories as to what exactly is happening with this prophecy. So she believes that in the prophecy, someone is trying to combine all three of the above legendary artifacts to make something bad happen, and she's not quite sure what. But her three main theories are, as she puts it, she believes that someone is trying to get the Everflame malificated by the ancient lumber and imbued with transmutation we've touched granite in order for someone to trick someone else into becoming all-powerful. However, they would be under the control of the malefactor, the one who made the Everflame evil, basically. That's theory number one. Her second theory outlines a situation in which necromancy we've touched granite is amplified, amplified, not malificated, by the ancient lumber to become immortal. Uh, So someone is trying to reach for immortality, and they believe that the Everflame would then be malificated to inverse the innate radiant energy to necromantic and use it as an arcane focus, basically. So she believes that someone else is trying to basically become immortal and come to lichdom. Her third theory, which she doesn't think is as sound as the other two, is that she believes the Everflame, the aim will be to amplify it with ancient lumber to increase the radiance and then use that in conjunction with conjuration we've touched granite to summon a powerful being from another plane of existence. And that's her third theory. And so as you get to the end of the book, you realize that she does not make any specific mention as to where the Amo are located or as to where the we've touched granite or the ancient wood for the ancient lumber can be found. And you realize that that's intentional because she also makes mention of guardians, which you know to be the Amo that would be protecting them. Quick question. I know that the twins are the protectors of stone and wood. Gelt is fire, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's correct. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They're the protectors of the three things, and then Farrick is the protector of the actual prophecy itself. We figured it out. <laughs> so I'm guessing that Drew tells you all of this information. Yes. I said all of that. <laughs> I'm going to need you to do it in character now. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. So the gist of it is there are these three. One, I guess, technically is more an artifact than the other two. The Everflame is more of an artifact. And the the Ancient Lumber and the Weave Touched Granite are more legendary materials that can be used either with or without the Everflame. From the writings, it looks like In the past, a lot of civilizations used the weave-touched granite and the ancient lumber for their magical constructs and the like. So it can be used outside of what it's used for. So what Halartha is saying, basically, is that she believes that during the time of the prophecy, uh, someone is going to figure out that these three things can be used for ill intent. And they're going to get a little creative with making their own you know, way to end the world, become someone's you know, controller, or bring something powerful from another planet existence. 
basically, someone's going to try and it sounds like it ends the world in some capacity. Hmm. Great. Cool. Cool. Does Karen have anything to say about all this? He's a lore keeper. Shouldn't he maybe know about any of these things, or maybe heard about them, or? You know, we've in the in the Museum of Antiquities. There's some magic items that were used in bygone times that did have like we've touched granite and the ancient lumber infused with them. But I mean, it was never anything. It was usually just to make everyday life easier. It was never meant to be used as a weapon. You know, it was, it was something that the, the weave touch grain, it would be imp- imbued with a, uh, into a scythe to help with the harvest. It would, it wouldn't lose its, its sharpness. So you wouldn't have to go and sharpen it all the time. And you could harvest a whole field and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Any idea where this stuff can be found? Well, if, what Drew says is an accurate translation, and I believe that it, it, it would be. Thank you. The only place that I could think of that's high enough to be next to the the light of the stars and moon. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Stars and moons. Highest points of the world. And that would be up in the, the torn spines. I mean, that's pretty safe from what I understand, because Tor is horrible and filled with monsters. They don't like it one bit, and I'm not <laughs> going to Tor if you ask no, me. No one said anything about going there. Relax. I'm not going to make you go to Tor. And, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of groves on Tor as well. I mean, there are groves here in the Circle of All, but it's... I feel like someone would... You said that these Amo are massive constructs? Mm-hmm. I feel like if there was a massive construct in the circle of all, someone would have seen it or said something about it. I haven't heard anything. So it must be on tour somewhere, right? Stands to reason. Fuck my life. (laughs) (laughs) We just told him we're not going to make him go to store. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm saying right here. I'm a lore keeper. I keep the lore right here in the archives. Thank you very much. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. However, <laughs> I feel like he doesn't have to come with us. Yeah, like here's the question. Like do we I feel like we have some more questions and things to ask him, but and I want to see if we can get him to like a high cleric or something to see if he can remember anything else. But besides that, like maybe we just get him to the Knights of Halartha and make sure he's going to see a cleric to try to get his memories back and while that's going on, we go to tour. There's a joke here. Um Clarapist. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. That's pretty good. Alright. Does everyone chill with that plan? Has anyone said anything to Ambo Farrick about any of this? I feel like we could have been opening up one like any of us could have been opening up our minds while she was telling us all this stuff so he could hear it. Yeah, that's fair. Including Drew herself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I could just broadcast it to him while I'm talking, I guess. She said I could talk out loud when I respond to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first things first, we have to hunt down this other ammo that's here, and then we go back to Knights of Alartha and drop off Karen. Karen, and then we, <laughs> I got there, and then <laughs> we're going to, <laughs> and then we're going to, going to tour. 
That sounds like a good plan. All right, quest log filled. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> Amo Farrakh hasn't said anything the whole time that you're doing all this. He does. At the end, there's some silence, and he says, The Amo is getting stronger. Shit. What the fuck? Shitty shit, shit, shit. Or the feeling is getting stronger. They're getting closer. Well, fuck me. They? I think it's the royal they, not the actual I was like, are they. you using like... <laughs> yeah, that's like a... Yeah, are you using the royal they or are you using... It's a singular they. Okay. The Amo are... Uh, Amo are genderless, so they don't have... They, they uh, got it. They pronouns. use they pronouns. Got it, got it, got it. We should probably proceed with caution, but Amo Farrakh, do you think you could lead us to the source of... Um, to, could you lead us to where they are? Yes. Okay. Should probably leave Karen behind for this one. Ah, I hate it. Yeah, you better leave Karen behind. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying in this in safe house. Well, I mean, ah, it's it's a one room house there, bud. This is Salia. <laughs> I don't know if we can get another bed in here. Well, I can't go out on the streets they're after me the guy who wants to kill me's out there ah, that's that's rough man is she saying that he can't stay well you know not forever well no just for a little bit we just need him to stay here for like a little bit while we go do this thing and then we'll be right back well you know i'm not made of money oh my god you know it, it takes Who paid her it it takes you know uh, you know how long is he gonna be here right I mean it's I've got to pay rent on this place oh my God you know I've got to handle the shipments I give her how much did Scar give her twenty gold yeah yeah okay I give her another twenty gold oh well well that's very nice it's very kind of you thank you so much <laughs> garbage all right you know I think he can he can he can hang out a little longer. <laughs> You, you'll be all right with me, bud. You can stay on that cot. You know, you've got that cot in there. Maybe, maybe I'll get you a candle. Thanks, miss. All right. Let's go find the ammo. You leave the, um, the holding tank for the fish at the aquarium. Uh, the new shipment had arrived, and there are a bunch of weird-looking fish in there now. Weird. They're kind of funky looking, you know, it's, I'm sure that it would be a very weird aquarium if you actually went and checked it out. You'd be amazed. But we don't have time for that. So, uh, (laughs) Amo Farrakh is outside and he says, The resonance is coming from this way. And he lifts a stony arm and points in uh, the direction of the museum district. Shit. Come. Let go. All right. We follow. Amo Farrakh leads you through the streets of the archives and you uh, come to where the Museum of Masonry should be. Uh, And you see that it's boarded up and there's no one going in or out. Hmm. Uh, Is it multi-story? It is multi-story. It's a dwarven construction as well. Uh, so this looks like it was once a proud museum, and now it is 
kind of fallen into disrepair. Let's go in. The door is barred. Are there balconies or um, windows? There are ba- there, there are windows. There are no balconies. Hang on. Um, it's boarded up like with wood. Well, you know, it's got like a, a door bar. Like you go and try and open it, and it's got it's barred from the other side. Can I just smash it down? Oh my god! <laughs> I, yeah, you could. <laughs> we are in the middle of town. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's figure out another way in then. This isn't New York. We can just bust into a building and we no one says We don't do anything. that in New York either. <laughs> I just figure we just keep on trend. We just diss New York on this podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Let's go find another way in then. God. Yeah. Degenerate. <laughs> I'd like to scan the perimeter. All right. Scan away. Roll me that investigation check or perception, whichever you want. Perception. Yeah, perceptive. 24. 24. Oh, dang. <laughs> On the third floor, there's an open window. Oh, shit. Sweet. How the fuck do we get in there? I'm glad you asked. Uh. <laughs> It's on the side of the building that uh, does not get a lot of foot traffic. I kind of, just this big boyish grin spreads across my face as I look at the rest of the group. And they look at me and I'm just swinging my grappling, I'm just twirling my grappling hook. And I'd like to, I'd toss it for the window. All right, roll me that athletics. That is a 15. It just catches on the edge of the window, and you tug, and it seems like it's going to hold. I tested first, and I I, uh, I scale the building and indicate that everyone should follow my lead. Okay. Roll uh, another athletics for me there, Agamir, to see if you can scale on up there. Okay. Eleven. Oh, no. You struggle a little bit, but you're able to get up. There's enough... Um, there are enough holds for your feet because of the construction of the building. You know, dwarves like to use those uh, hard angles. So there's, it's kind of like going up just a vertical set of stairs. Okay. So uh, everyone else needs to roll and athletics to get up. That's a 19. Scar doesn't even use the rope. <laughs> a natural 20. Ooh. Drew also handily gets up. Uh, doesn't even use the rope that much. <laughs> Saf? 18. Saf gets up really quickly as well. She uses her, her uh, high strength to weight ratio <laughs> to uh, to scale the building. She does not have strength. It, yeah, because you're tiny and you don't have much weight to pull up, you doof. That's what you say. I know, I'm minus one though. So <laughs> that says something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something we did when we went to climbing gyms. Kids are always the best at climbing because they have a, a high strength to weight ratio. Anyway, um, so yeah, you all get up into the uh, the third floor. It is a uh, kind of what you expect to see with it being boarded up on the outside. Uh, it's dusty. There are sheets covering some of the exhibitions. It's dark. There aren't any uh, torches or braziers or any light source. Uh, the only light is coming through some skylights that are also covered in grime, so it's a little... It feels a little twilight in there, even though it was uh, bright outside. I was going to say it feels like a vampire movie. Kind of. Yeah. 
feels like that mansion from The Witcher. Yeah. Okay, so is someone going to go let Amo Farrakhan? Is that what we were talking about? Haven't you ever broken into a, an abandoned building before, Nicole? One person goes in and then unlocks it from the inside and then everyone else gets in. Jeez. Maybe. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so what do we see again, Nate? It's abandoned. It's okay. musty and there's cloth all over the uh, the exhibitions and glass and there's dust everywhere. And grimy windows letting just a little light through. Okay. So the room that we're in, does it lead out? Is there like a banister? With like, a, Is there like a big central area in the museum where, where you can see down from this top floor? Yeah, there is. I'd like to stealthily go over there. Okay, you stealthily do that. And you see a lot more of the same as what you see on this floor. But roll me a perception. Happily. I crit myself. <laughs> <laughs> he sees nothing. Yeah, no one's been here. It's been completely abandoned for probably the better part of a decade. Cool, 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 cool. I just head back and I'm like, I don't see anything. Where are you we? You don't see. You don't see anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I'm gonna go over there and look. <laughs> I got a 23 to perception. <laughs> okay, you uh, look over the banister and you see that there are multiple tracks, fresh tracks in the years of dust and uh some of those tracks are footprints some of them are it looks like a large box or something was moved okay okay i point this out to everyone else clearly someone has been here recently can you tell what kind of person left the footprints and what floor is this box on you don't actually see a box you just see the where the box was dragged or pushed along the floor but if you, judging by the, the footprints, you can tell that these are soft-soled shoes. They aren't like boots or anything with kind of a hard sole to them. Uh, lore keepers wear soft-soled shoes. And the, the box and the footprints in the direction they're going are to the rear of the museum itself. So if you came in on one of the sides... Let's say you came in on the, the, the entrance is on the north side. You all entered on the west side. The tracks and the drag marks are going towards the south of the building. Do we see, is there a door where we could go let Elmo Farrakh in? Going around the top of the, this section of the museum, you see that there is a, a door, a, a service door on the bottom floor that you might be able to let Amo Farrakhan from. Uh, it's concealed from the alley, but you can see it here from the inside. Okay. I suppose I'd like to go and head towards that and let him in. I go with him. Okay. How stealthy are you trying to be? I would be trying to be as stealthy as possible. ASAP. <laughs> what does that mean? As stealthy as possible. So that's a 14. Okay. Saf, you said you're going with him? Yeah, I got a 16. Okay. You all go down the stairs and make your way through to the service door. As you are on the second level, so from the third level down to the second level, you hear some whispering voices that sound like they're down on the first floor. 
but you make your way down to the first floor to the service door without any incident. Hmm. Does this service door look like it's going to make a shit ton of noise when we open it? Uh, no, it actually looks like one of those, um, you would know it, Saf, because it's one of those artificer's doors that have the, uh, the slow close hinges on them. So it's, it doesn't disturb any of the, uh, exhibitions. Think of like the slow close drawers in modern day kitchens. It's got those. So it's slow open, slow close. Mm-hmm. Should we even be letting him in then if we heard whispers? Can we hear what the whispers are saying? Uh, you can try and get closer and see if you can see. Shall we stealth some more? Is that a new roll, Justin? Or, uh, well, is that a new roll, Nate? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Twenty-one. Unnatural twenty. You both get over to where you heard the whispers coming from. It is actually in the direction that the box was dragged, uh, and you get to the the edge of the chamber, and you see there are two lore keepers standing there, and you hear one of them saying to the other, "I don't even know why we had to move this in here. I mean, it's." No one has come in here in ages. No, no, it's it's just, you know, protocol. It's one of the things we have. We're junior law keepers. You know, what are we what are we gonna do except for listen to our superiors? They want this box here, so this box is here. We'll um get it all the way back, put it where they want it, and go from there. And they um go, okay, well, I guess let's do it and get back to our uh, our other duties so they can tell us to do more stuff that we don't need to do. <laughs> and so they um, they push the box further and they go deeper into the museum. It looks like they are going farther than the, um, than the museum itself. The way that this museum is set up, it's right up against a cliff face. So they're actually going into... Uh, the side of the cliff, it looks like now. The museum extends farther than just the facade that the street sees. Got it. I feel like we should stealthily follow them for sure. Agreed. Also curious to know what's in the box. But... What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box, man? <laughs> what's in the box? What are you all doing about Amulferic? Uh... He can't be very stealthy. Maybe he should hang for a minute. Uh, yeah, I mentally ping him. I'm like, hey, there's there's people in here. Hey, I know we said we'd hang tonight, but like here, here's the deal. I'm busy. <laughs> I don't really want to ghost you, but I'm going to ghost you. Yeah. We could just tell him to meet us by the service door where just we got to look at something, but we'll meet him. Yeah, back. stay by the service door. And as soon as it's safe to let you in, we will. He still sounds passive aggressive. I know. Every I'm like God. He's an automaton. <laughs> I know I'm projecting, but he sounds so passive aggressive. Maybe y'all are passive aggressive. Mm, I don't know. I'll st- I'll be across the street. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I feel like he's always being kind of shitty. Yeah. No, he's telling you exactly where he's going to be. Yeah, uh-huh. I will wait. I will be across the street. People are just not... Yeah, he's very direct. People aren't always used to that. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say when you're just like a dick, though. <laughs> if uh, he said, if you told him, wait by the service door, and he said, I guess I'll wait here then. Yeah, that's passive aggressive. It doesn't have to be like the words. It can be the tone, though. He doesn't have tone. I'll wait out here. I'll wait out here. It's not Eeyore. I will wait you. That's slightly better. Like, <laughs> Well, anyway. So, I guess, Agamir and Sav, are you going to gather Drew and uh, Scar? Yes. Reminder, Scar is wearing dragon scale plate armor, mm. which has disadvantage on stealth rolls. Maybe we should just go scout it out from a distance. From a distance, the earth looks blue and green. Shine <laughs> the sun. Stop it. I haven't thought about that song in a hundred years. <laughs> You're welcome. So is there an actual box in the room right now? or No, the box has been pushed. Okay. And so are they going in the direction that it seems that they've already pushed it? Yes, it, it appears that they're following the, the tracks that they were going and they're pushing it into the where the cliff face is. Okay. But you know it, that it's just the museum goes deeper into the, the rock formation. Okay. Well, we're all going to need to go this way, go forward one way or another. Do we want to leave, do we want to have Scar stand post or just try and push through the disadvantage? Another option we have is to just sneak up on them and take them hostage, for lack of a better word, and question them and find out what's in the box. What do we do with them after, though? We just leave them there and we're like, tell no one. <laughs> we tie them up and we tell them and we tell them that once we go, we'll let them go. Yeah, I've got rope. Yeah, right. How is it that we go and they get untied? I don't understand. No, like, we leave and untie them, and then they leave too. Mm. And everyone's just real chill about it. Yeah. Uh, quick question before we get too much farther. What did you do with the writings of Hawartha? We put them in a treasure box. Uh, with Karen? Yeah. And where's K Karen is back at the safe house. Yes. And we took the dongle with us, because I don't tr trust that he's not going to be safe. The dongle? Yeah, his little, remember he called, Nate called it, a, key. said that it looked like a dongle. Yes. The key. Okay. Okay. Can you put that in your inventory for me, please? Sure. Treasure chest, secret chest, dongle. Yeah, just go ahead and write that on your character sheet. Scar has obtained one dongle. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. <laughs> just abbreviate that, treasure dong. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay, what are we doing? If we make Scar invisible, does that help at all? <laughs> nope, still gonna make noise. Boom, boom, boom. It'll just make noise, but you won't be able to see where it's coming from. Just scare them. So she'll just give us away. I have some hero points, so if I roll low on a stealth, I can up my game. But you'll probably have to roll stealth many times. Mm -hmm. Do we all have inspiration, by the way, for any reason? I do. Uh, yeah, you all got inspiration. Yeah. You all rarely use it, so just I assume you always have it. We have the sending stones. So what if what if um sending shells. Shells. That's right. 
What if uh, Saf and I actually do scout ahead and then just send a message back when the coast, like when they can come? That sounds good. I mean, yeah, that works. You can only use your uh, shell once per day, uh, and then it resets at the next stop. But we have one per person. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Just reminding y'all the mechanics. Yeah, so just page us. <laughs> okay. Also, just... hold on. I have. All right, we were what like almost an hour into this episode, and when did you get those sending shells? Like a while ago, four or five episodes ago. I've got beef with all of you because none of you got my very funny joke or specifically made them shells. Uh, and I have the hope that you all would eventually stumble upon calling them shell phones because that's basically <laughs> oh, yeah. And good. not a single one of you has made that joke. It's been that's five good. episodes. I hope that I hope the listeners have made that connection because that's why I did it. Not just because you were on an island, but because I'm on the shell phones. It's funny. That is funny. I'm funny. <laughs> Giving us a little bit more time. We would have gotten there, I feel like. Yeah, well, anyway, here we are. I did just say page us. I would have gotten there. Okay, so shell... Anyway, call, who's scout? Call us on the shell phone. Let's go. Yeah. Try to call me on the shell phone. All right. Um, it's Saf and I. Looks that way. Are you trying to take out these people, or are you trying to just follow them and see where they're going? I want to follow them and see what they're doing, what they're where they're going. Yep. Okay. Roll me some stealth checks, please. Sixteen. Fourteen. All right. You scout ahead. You are. Uh, your footfalls are muffled by the the dust. And you are able to get to the mouth of where uh, you saw them, the, the two lore keepers and the crate, move uh, farther into the museum. Past that, you see a fairly large chamber. And you can see the marks where they uh, have been walking through the, the dust and where the, the crate has been dragged. And it looks like it's gone all the way to the other side of this large chamber. Uh, the chamber itself probably is about 60 feet long, give or take, and about 40 feet wide. Okay. Stacked up in the chamber itself are a bunch more, uh, on one corner, are a bunch more um, exhibitions, probably statues by the look of them, that are covered with uh, this cloth. Oh, hate those. Statues covered with cloth? Yep. Is this like a Doctor Who thing or like you just... Like a video game thing, like the Doctor uh, okay. Who thing, like horror movie things. Like the fact that we've already gotten attacked by statues before? Eh. It's getting a little dark here too because uh, now that you are going into the rock formation that the museum is built into, there are no windows, so to speak. So the only light is coming from the grimy window no, the grimy daylight that's coming through the windows from behind you. Hmm. Nope. And there are no sources of magical light. <laughs> Agamir, I'm scared. I have dark vision. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> I don't. I know. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't relate. How would you like to proceed? Um, I feel like we're just going to have to keep doing this, like keep following them until we can get them. 
<laughs> I so, guess isn't that the plan? We're gonna yeah, tie like him did up? We, have we lost them or where where in the room are they? They are not in the room. There is a closed door at the far end of the chamber, and that's the direction in which the um, the footprints and the the drag marks are going. As you got closer to the the beginning of this chamber, you heard a soft thud as you assume that door closed. Okay, so they are no longer visible, and you said the door is 60 feet away. Yep. Well, maybe now's a good time to call them over. Yeah, let's get the party together. So tell them to open the door for Amo Farrick and invite them over. All right, let's go. Uh, I'll go. I, we go do the stuff that they told us to do. Okay, uh, you uh, open the surface door, and Amalfaric is now granted entry. He is now inside. He says, "Many thanks." Are you trying to make him nicer so we don't think he's passive aggressive anymore? He kind of sounds a little shitty about it, <laughs> but he's not. It's just Amalfaric. Just the way he talks. He's got resting bitch voice. <laughs> yes, since he has an expressionless face. <laughs> Which also is resting bitch face. <laughs> so everyone is now yeah, everyone's now together at the uh, the entrance to this chamber with the apparently creepy covered statues. Yeah, this whole time I am just staring them down. I'm like major weeping angel vibes here. Roll me a perception there, uh, Saf. We almost died in that fight. I really don't want to fight any more fucking statues. 16. Okay. Thank you. So are we going to go into this door? Well, I percepted. What did I see? Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my god. You guys didn't hear that the first time? I was like, oh no. Okay. Can we... Part of me just wants to kind of like rip the cloth off one of these things. You rip the cloth off. It's statue of you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's no, it's fine. You don't see anything. Um, I'm getting okay. really antsy. Can I take the twins out? Yeah, I feel like that's a good idea. Get the whole crew back together. Yeah, I'm gonna take the twins out. <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I literally was literally, I didn't. I... <laughs> um, yeah, nope, there's no good way to say this. Y'all. Taking the twins out for a walk. You're going to re-bigify them? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Twins are getting some magical enhancement. I hate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah that because <laughs> there's no good way to say it i can't come up with the right words in the right formation you will return the uh i return the, the amos the colossi, yeah into right? their their regular the size. shield colossi to their normal size there you go That's there better. you go easy piece <laughs> bing bang boom you uh re-bigify them and the small fires pop off into your hands okay pocket <laughs> Let's go. Okay. What are we waiting for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm nervous. I move towards the door. I, I'd like to go and go towards the door at the far end. Okay. You head that way, and you get to the opposite end with uh, without any uh, problems. Nothing happens. Nice. I like to test the handle. Is it locked? 
There is no obvious handle. Hmm. Great. Um, push on it. I'm going to push it. <laughs> push it. <laughs> it's a pull. Um, <laughs> no, uh, there... Uh, you, you push on the wall and you can tell that there is a point of ingress here. And off to the right, you see that there seems to be some sort of um, panel on the wall. Okay. What can I see about on the panel? Uh, upon closer inspection, you see that it looks to be you need a rune key to get into it. So it's uh... like it's a, it's a series of runes that you have to press in a specific sequence in order to open the door. Surely, since we were stalking them, we saw them come up to this panel. No, you heard the door close as you uh, reached the side of the chamber. Of course. Okay, I'm going to use my detective skills, because that's what I do. I'm a cop. And I'm going to, I don't know, grab some dust off the floor. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Go uh-huh. on. Yes, yes, and... And I'm going to blow it onto the panel. Yes. To see if there's any fingerprints. Yeah. Yes! Okay. <laughs> Do that. And yeah, there, there are fingerprints. Okay. Now, on specific runes, right? On specific runes. This is like a key... I'm picturing this like a keypad. Yeah. With like the the nine numbers. Well, I mean, the runes, but... Not numbers, but I mean like they're in that kind of same order. Like there's a square, a three by three square of different things. Yeah. Okay. And then, so which ones have the fingerprints on them? If this were a keyboard, it would be um, one, two, three, and four. I'm going to press them in that order from left to right. Okay, you press the first, second, third, and fourth buttons in sequence, and nothing happens. Shit. Can we just get like a montage of her trying a bunch of different runes? <laughs> yeah, sequences? let's go backwards. Yeah, we're doing Rocky. As we all sit on the floor playing like dice or whatever. No, I'm just going to go backwards next. Okay, yeah, backwards works. Yes! <laughs> Four, three, two, one. <laughs> so as you uh, hit the correct sequence, the um, uh, you gain a, a, a hero point for that. Um, yes, I do. Uh, yeah, that would be usually inspiration, but you already have inspiration, so you get a hero Yay, point. now I have seven. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, so you, the, the door opens, or it doesn't open, it just uh, swings off of its hinge, and now it can be... It looks as though it can be pushed open. So we do that. Agamir, go for it. <laughs> Kick that shit down. I open the door. Okay. It slides very smoothly on its hinges. As the door opens, you notice that there is a light coming from deeper within the museum. You can't immediately see the source of it. Is the door big enough for the ammo? Yes. Yeah, it's big enough. It's a really large door. It looks like this would be... Like storage? Yeah, somewhere where they would keep all the exhibitions and this chamber that you were in before was where they kind of cycled them through. You know, so they would bring the old exhibits in, take the new ones out, and then move the old ones back into storage and move the new ones out. So this is just kind of a big area that was 
designated to just move a bunch of big stuff around. Well, the relays and Scar are not stealthy, so I'd say just walk forward. Yeah. Okay. Are you going in the direction of the light? Yes. Yes. Because there are ways to go where there is no light, but there is light coming from the left of the door. Do we hear voices? You can hear some whispering, but you don't you can't make out any words. Do we know where it's coming from? It seems to be coming from the direction of the light. So are there three paths ahead of us then? The light to the left and then like a dark path forward and to the right? It's really just uh, to the left or to the right. So dark to the right, light to the left. Hmm. Make a choice. Let's uh, walk towards the light. All right, let's do that. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, you walk towards the light, and it, as you, you notice that you're walking down what is a hallway, uh, and the light is coming from around a corner, and you realize that it is it's a bright white light. Is it reminiscent of when we saw the Everflame shards? Yeah, it's, so it's that familiar flickering white light. As you get closer, it almost sounds as like there's a fire burning. It's toasty. But you smell no smoke. Mm-hmm. We found the Everflame. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. What do we do about it? What do we see? <laughs> All right. So you find the source of the light after turning the corner and realize that it's also the sound of the fire. It is, in fact, the Everflame. And it's sitting unguarded on a small stone table in the center of an empty exhibition chamber. Nope. And that's where we're going to end. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, thank you all so much for uh, listening to the watching. Thank you all so much for listening to the Village Idiots podcast. I had a great time DMing. I hope that my players had a good time playing. And I hope that you, listener, oh, lovely listener, had a great time listening. This week's Village Idiot is going to be... Let's see. Who's the Village Idiot? You know, I think y'all did all right. <laughs> all right. I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a village idiot this time around. I think I guess the village idiot is me. Uh-huh. We win. Yeah, you all you all won. The village idiot is uh, none other than yours truly, the DM, because I haven't put y'all in situations where you can be idiots because I'm just trying to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could be the village idiot too because I just went into a bunch of exhibition about some artifacts that y'all just learned about. Yeah, there could be that. Those are cool. Those are cool artifacts. We might have, we found one. Yeah. You have, you have no idea how cool they are. Maybe you'll find out one day. But anyway, uh, they can reach us on social media, right, Nicole? Listeners can? Yeah. You can go to Twitter and uh, find us at Village Idiot Pod. Talk to us about the story on there. Nate does some really cool world building Wednesdays, so you can ask him questions about stuff. Uh, if you want to talk to any of us personally, you can find me at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JRoma20. I'm at Neurotic Good. 
You can find me at Village Idiots DM. And you can't find me because two weeks in a row now, Grappling Hook. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Out my Batman Indiana Jones fantasy. Sort of me. Batman Indiana Jones. God, don't give don't give DC any ideas. <laughs> we also have a website, villageidiotspodcast.com. Tons of cool stuff up there, like the Village Idiots tally, artwork, uh, like maps and cool stuff. Nate makes some really pretty maps. And uh, also there's a link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more from your favorite idiots? Well, you're in luck because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights with Nathan and behind the screens. Listen to Nicole and I BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so stay tuned. Yes, please stay tuned. Let's figure out what happens when the the crew uh, encounters the Everflame. What is it doing in this unguarded room? What is happening? Where did those two lore keepers go? Why is the Everflame sitting in an unguarded room? All these questions answered and more on next week's episode of The Village. It's podcast. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>